Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome. Excuse me, let me clear my throat a little bit here. My allergies have kicked in. You know, we're not even out of February yet. My allergies have kicked in. Go figure. Welcome to the show. <laughs> my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. If this even got lower on me, what's up with that? The things are moving around on me here. Nope, it's not paranormal either. Anyway, I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. I've got a great guest for tonight. Um, I am also, <clears throat> excuse me, the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, uh, we are 35 strong up and down the state of California. We also have branches in Washington and um, Hawaii and, and Nevada. So I want to welcome you guys. You can find us at CaliforniaHaunts.org. Also, the radio show, you can find us at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. See, it gets confusing. But anyway, that's where you can find us. The, 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 the uh, paranormal team is .org, California Haunts. The radio is CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, what are you doing on February 19th, 20th? I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be at the Myst- Mystical Minds Conference talking about ghost hunting. I'm bringing my 20... My, ugh, my God, I can't work, huh? I'm going to be at the Mystical Minds Conference in San Jose. I'm going to be bringing my 20 years experience as a ghost hunter out to, to everyone to tell them about it and talk about ghost hunting techniques and stuff. So if you're interested in coming down and hearing that and meeting me, that's the way to go. It's, it's going to be on February 19th and 20th in San Jose. You can visit the site at mysticalmindsconvention.com. But I'm not the only one that's going to be talking. No, 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 no. Because the Mystical Minds Convention just isn't about paranormal. It's about mystical, mystical well, obviously mystical stuff, but it's about all kinds of stuff. So I, 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 I encourage you to go to the website and check it out. But uh, along that topic, Nasir Muhammad at Shohan is going to be there. Lorian Fenton, Brad Olson, Michael Fury, Drake Fury, Tiffany Turner, Robin Korak, Beth Seelman, and Shannon Del Florentino is also going to be there speaking. And we're also going to be doing panels. So uh, if you have questions for us, additional questions and stuff for us, we're going to be able to answer your questions. So that's going to be kind of fun. But anyway, that will be February 19th and 20th. That's a Saturday, Sunday. And you can get there at mysticalmindsconvention.com. All right. Business done. See? Business done. Let me move this over here. And while we wait for our guest to enter, let me double check here and see what's going on with her. She's got the link. So we're just waiting now for her to enter. Uh I can tell you a little bit about it. I'm teaching a class on Saturday, 2 p.m., uh, and it's about protection. For those of, you, those of you interested in how to protect yourselves if you're in a haunted location or or even if your house is start, you think your house is starting to have issues with uh, paranormal stuff, I'm going to be teaching a class about that. It's going to cover crystals, holy water, salt, everything, all that stuff, the whole gamut. And we're going to talk about sage, you know, how to properly sage your house, things like that. So if you're interested in that, join me. Um, at uh, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and that would be under the events topic. 
special events and uh, sign up. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a Zoom thing, 2 p.m. on su- 2 p.m. on Saturday. Didn't want to do it on Super Bowl Sunday because I know how you guys are about football. So I uh, wanted to do that on on Saturday instead. But uh, it's also going to cover, you know, in addition, it's also going to cover, you know, investigating teams that are going out to haunted locations that want to uh, cleanse a house too. You know, there's different really easy techniques to to cleanse a house that people don't realize. Plus, you know, like personal cleansing, you know, to keep your personal protection space. I'm going to be teaching that as well. So that's another, that's another thing. But anyway, welcome. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. At Anna Maria Manello is, Manello is with us. Sorry, I'm a little off still because I'm losing my friend yesterday. So I'm still a little, you know, a little shaky. But she's going to be with us tonight, and she's written several books, and she writes fantasy, you know, fa- fantasy haunt, haunt ghost hunt books, but she also writes true story ghost hunt books. She wrote, she grew up in the Philippines and, exper- and, and, and experienced ghosts and also had friends in the Philippines that experienced ghosts. So she has a book out about that as well, and I think the last show she was on a couple months ago, we talked about that, and she's coming on tonight. She's got a new book coming out, and it's about haunted objects. So it's kind of like that show that used to be on years ago. You remember Friday the 13th, Curious Goods? You know, and people used to go in and buy stuff in that antique shop. And and they'd end up with, with something that was an attachment to it or the object was haunted or something like that. This is, you know, the, the, this is the book that, that she's currently uh, going to be releasing soon. So maybe we can get her to talk a little bit about that. I know in my house, I used to collect um, ancient, I guess they would call it antiquities. At one time, they were real cheap. People used to sell these things and what they were were they were rejects from museums because they had cracks in them and stuff and a lot of them have little like filler in in them because they were trying to sell them back to museums and so i bought some of the stuff and it's roman and greek antiquities and yeah i had some uh unwanted visitors in my house because of it i remember when i was uh filming california haunts tv the tv show um i had a psychic come in to work with me who was uh, who was a video editor and she came in to do some video you know some editing work for me and my dad used to have this uh wooden desk chair because he had a roll top desk he had this wooden desk this dark wooden desk chair kind of sitting across from my curio cabinets and the first thing she said when she walked in she said there's a man sitting in the chair and he's dressed in in like golden armor and he's got a plume on his head and i said what and she says yeah and he's just sitting there watching everything and i thought oh my gosh it's it's a roman centurion in my house and so the story what she picked up off the object was that there were because I, I had I, I had roman coin collection in there you know with, with the rest of my roman antiquities and apparently the the coins had been in the guy's eyes and whoever came along archaeologist or pilfer or whoever you know had come along and, d- and dug up these coins and uh, this guy wasn't very happy about it, so we kind of made a pact. And it was interesting because he he would be he would like you know I've had I had other psychics over as well, you know after she left, and um, he would be sitting in my living room watching TV. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting, you know, to know that he was he liked the family and he you know he didn't want to cause any problems, but he was just in the living room, you know, watching watching TV. And I remember it was Easter. And, you know, you think about, you know, the Romans and what happened at Easter. And 
one of my friends came in and said, oh my gosh, he's sitting and really, really interested in this TV show. And I thought, oh my, the Romans don't look very nice, you know, in those Easter TV shows. And I was like, movies, you know, and I was kind of nervous about maybe it would upset him because he's been, he was up to this point, he was real quiet, you know, real cool about watching stuff. And so I had this, like, ask him about it and he didn't understand really what was going on because he was in the gener he was in the generation of Romans before that. So I kind of got lucky, you know. So eventually what happened was that through, through one of my psychic investigators on the team, we found out um, he had told her that if I, because I have a lemon tree in my backyard, that if I, if, I, if I got a box and I took the coins and put them in this box and buried them below the lemon tree, that, that would put him at rest. And so that's what I did. And uh, as far as I can tell, uh, he went, he crossed over, and I, I haven't seen or heard, heard him knocking things around or anything like that. So apparently it worked. So... Um, that's my story about having a haunted, haunted objects. And and uh, the only other one is, I don't know where she's at. Let's see. Let me do a quick email here. Um, let me check Facebook. Maybe she'll get me on Facebook. The only other one that I have is that uh, my mom, um, at some point, bought a table <clears throat> at a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Got a table from a friend. Oh, there she is. Our dining room table was came from a friend, and uh, there was something attached to that. And it, that whatever that is is still there. It's still to this day. It'll make noises in my dining room, you know. But uh, I'm used to it. It's one of the rooms I don't go into unless we're eating or you know unless there's people in there with me. But I did. I get a very uncomfortable feeling in my dining room because this the whatever this table you know this table has this attachment to it. So. Um, yeah, and it's been there for years. Okay, Anna Maria. Anna Maria is with us, and I'm going to switch over to her and see what's happening with her. Here we go. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. I was just talking about haunted objects I have in my house that, that I bought inadvertently, not realizing it. Oh, uh-oh. What kind <laughs> of haunted <laughs> What kind of objects are they? <laughs> Uh, like I told them, I collect. I used to collect and 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 No, I can't even say the word antiquities, uh, Roman and Greek antiquities, statues. Uh everything you can think of. Statues. Uh, I have. Uh, I still have some of the stuff. Coins. I have uh, phallic symbols. <laughs> um, I've got uh, like 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 uh, Roman glass jars. Ooh. I've got rings. I've got you know. The, the the ceramic camel candle holders i've got you know all kinds of stuff pots but so i was telling them that one day there's a psychic came into my house and she says you know there's a man sitting over there in gold armor and he's got a red plume on his head and i said wow you know so i had a centurion in my house uh-oh so I had to make, well, you know, I was able to get him to move on, but I had to make an agreement with him to get him to move on. And then my parents had gotten this table, our dining room table from somebody. And the dining room table had an, has an attachment, still there. And so I'm not very comfortable about my dining room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a house in the house, I'll tell you. My house is a fun place, you know. And then there's one in there that... Uh, hangs out in, in my dining room to my den and he 
died. There's nothing I can do about him. He's attached to the property. He was a fisherman because this used to be all, 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 all part of the river here. And uh, he had died on the property. He, he had hit his head and didn't realize he died. So he's hanging out. He walks back and forth from my dining room to my uh, den. So c can you see the phantom or do you hear the footsteps? I used to see him um, when I was first investigating. It's funny, guys. You, this is something that you, that you have to think about. If you, you know, everybody has psychic abilities, but they're just buried, you know, down as you grow up. Yeah. And I started investigating and I got around more psychics. <laughs> My abilities started to come out. And so when I would, <laughs> things would happen, like, like I go to investigation, like meetings and trainings. And I used to, cause I still, you know, I was still like filming in a paranormal investigator. Flashlights would pop on and off in my car when I was driving home in the dark. <laughs> you know, something was messing with me. So I get it. So I used to get home and in this one area, because there's a divider in my living room, and then there's a divider and then a small little area, and then the dining room's there. And I used to see out of the corner of my eye this this guy because he's supposed to be um from what I've been told, the spirit's supposed to be local because he, he doesn't realize he's 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 gone mm. and he's stressed out over it. But when I used to walk by there, I used to see like somebody lunging for me. Oh my gosh. I don't see it anymore, but I used to see somebody lunging for me. And so my mom would laugh because I go that direction, I run. And this is like when I'm like 25, 26 years old, I'm running to the, you know, running for my life because I could see this guy in the corner of my eye, you know, just to do like a dark shadow and I could just see the, just make out the face, you know, lunging at me. But um, he's kind of settled down. You know, my, my mom passed away, my uncle had passed away so i think that they pretty much and I, and I had heard that my uncle's the one that keeps him at bay you know to keep him from from lunging and stuff you know it's interesting that you say that because when um people pass away that love you they yeah. end up being your guardians and then whatever is in the property kind of uh ends up kind of receding into the background like yeah. they're afraid of them yeah and I think he, 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 that was told by one of our psychics that he keeps him, you know, my, my uncle keeps him, in, you know, in the dining room, way in the corner. And since my mother's passed, the house has been really, really quiet. It's like nice. everything just totally settled down. <laughs> nice. But I used to go on investigations and, 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 you know, I, I could tell, cause I know my, my, all my relatives are here. They, they, they come through, they, they leave, they come through. And I could tell when it's not like a normal ghost in this house, mm. you know, somebody different. Uh oh, but uh, I haven't had that in a long time. But the only time the, the the more the most violent one I've ever had that happened was, um, I I have a a wall a through the wall air conditioner home air conditioner a full house, and I came home one night after an investigation, and something tore the front of the air conditioner off and threw it and, and shot it across the room. Oh my gosh! But that's the most I would say that's the most violent thing that that's happened after I've done investigations. And you still live there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After that, it didn't scare you away. <laughs> no, but like I said, you know, since my mother's passed, everything has really settled down. I used to get, I used to get really tired here too. You know, I was real, I was drained all the time. Yeah, because of the energy here. Because I mean, there was just so much going on. Like a friend, like another psychic friend came over when my mom and dad were still alive, and this used to be their bedroom. And she happened to use the restroom, which is down the hall, and she happened to look in the room, and she said there were like six or seven pe people standing there surrounding the bed, staring down at my mom and dad while they were sleeping. It was all family. Oh my gosh. So I used to get really, when I was here alone, I mean, I would just be so exhausted all the time. Yeah. It's interesting because you, 
investigate and then you come home and I still more of the same. <laughs> yeah. Look, my screen just jumped too. See, somebody's talking to me. <laughs> Shut up, you don't count. It's my show. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so I, I have an agreement with, with the ones that are here, the relatives that I have that are here. It's like, I know you're here. You know I'm here. You know I know you're here. <laughs> don't scare me, you know. But there for a while there, like I said, when I first started investigating, my abilities were really coming out. I do. stuff was happening in here, yeah. you know, because I, I probably noticed it more. I was more open to it. You know, it's, it's weird that you say that because there was a, a show that you did recently. And I made a comment because I, uh, I was watching the show uh, way back in the day when I was younger. I used to see uh, what I thought were halos around people. I don't anymore, but way back in my 20s and 30s, I, I don't know what made it pass, but I used to see these strange halos. And for some people, it stretched out to probably a good three feet. Oh, yeah. And, and they were in beautiful colors. And, and <laughs> I, I couldn't make out what they were. And then one day someone said to me, if I went in the closet, you know, this is funny. If I go in the closet with you, and we shut the lights off. Would you see it better? And, and they actually knew what I was talking about. And we went in the closet, so to speak, shut off the lights. It, it was in an office, too. It, and I, it was bright as day. The person was bright as day. Wow. Yeah. And That's someone told me that had something to do with their health and probably something to do with their spiritual makeup or something like that. The brighter it is, the wider it is. But yeah. anyway, that's just that's, an aside. That's fascinating. So all of a sudden, it just tapered off. The tape yeah, it, off, all of a sudden didn't happen. All of a sudden, I, I think what it was was I got really busy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think in some respects, maybe because I, I was more getting concerned with things, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff, it, it kind of got receded in the distance. That's what's happened to a lot. That's what happens to people. That's why when people are born and they, you know, up until a, up until a certain age, that's why we, that's why they have imaginary friends because kids are real sensitive. Hmm. And the problem is as you get older and you get into school and the stresses of school and the stresses of life and all that, you push it back until it's almost buried. And then something triggers it at some point in your life, you know, so for some people, not everybody. But some people are lucky. I say lucky enough, you know, that it reappears. And that's what happens. It just takes a trigger to reappear. And then, like you say, you got busy. And as you got busier and busier, it got pushed back again. Yeah. 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 It's bizarre because even as a child, I, uh, you know, I lived in a neighborhood that was pretty haunted because there were Japanese soldiers that were buried. I mean, people didn't do that intentionally. Apparently, the developer didn't even realize they were building on top of graves and, mm -hmm. you know, th there were bones everywhere, et cetera. And uh, there was one piece of land behind my grandmother's house, actually, uh, where there were uh, these creatures. They were only three feet tall. And when I was a kid, it, they would climb up. You know, we, we had this window ledge that was pretty deep and I would climb up on the window ledge and play with toys and things. And these two guys would come up and they were wearing floppy hats mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they were wearing pointy shoes, floppy hats. Didn't think anything of them. They brought up these plates, these huge plates. They looked like they were made of gold 
And at the time I was only a kid, I thought, oh, they're just plates. They were probably gold coins. <laughs> probably, gosh. I should have grabbed them, Charlotte. <laughs> Started pocketing them, putting them everywhere. Heck yeah. All they did was stack them up and count them. I didn't understand. <laughs> and you should have grabbed a few of those. You could have re your whole family could have retired. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, like like to little to, to young kids like that, when when they see stuff like that, they don't get it. I mean, my team has done dozens of cases that involve you know little children that are seeing stuff. And sometimes more than not, it's it's maybe a grandparent or somebody, but sometimes it scares them because they don't realize what's going on. Right. They don't, they don't understand what it is. But yeah. like people's kids have imaginary friends, you know, I'm not saying it's all the time that, that, that it could be a, a spirit, a spirit kind, but a lot, you know, a lot of the time it's spirit kind and people don't realize it. That's why when, when you go to sit down, your kid goes, not on, you know, not on Tuesday or whatever, you know? Yeah. Cause there's someone sitting there. Cause there's someone sitting there and then yeah. they, they see it, you know? The or tough part is, you know, the, the kid is not afraid of whatever they're seeing. Right. But later on, because, you know, the way the parent reacts or the way the grandparent reacts, they get scared. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, no, they died. Da, 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 da. And yeah. then this whole schemata changes where the person starts to react with, oh, that's a ghost. I'm supposed yeah. to be scared of it. Yeah. 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 You know, it could be grandma or Uncle Bob. Who knows? You know, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I had, I had imaginary friends too as a kid. It makes me wonder because I remember I saw stuff in this house all the time when I was little and my family laughed it off. Oh my gosh. And it turns out my mother was sensitive. So I mean, it's like, I didn't really, my mother didn't realize how sensitive she was until she was in her sixties. Jeez. But my grandmother was a cool Dana. I mean, you know, that's what she did. She, she was a, she was the, you know, she did a, she did everything with herbs and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it runs down my bloodline, you know, but my mother, you know, my, and my grandmother thought all this like ghost hunting stuff was spooky, which she would because she's from that generation, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I know after I remember, and this is, this true story too, that uh, the first team I was on were at this because, you know, you know, you know, well, you're Philip, you know, your background <laughs> You know how our grandparents were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when the grandmother said, don't do something, you were like, okay, no problem. Just don't haul off and swap me one, you know? Yeah. And I was at this meeting and I was probably my 25, 26 years old. And, and the psychic says, your grandmother's mad at you. And my eyes got like sausages. I said, what do you mean she's mad at me? And she says, she doesn't like what you're doing with this at all. Oh, and I walked over to the team lead, the, the guy that was running the team, and I said, You know, before I had time to think about it, you know, I said, You know, I might have to quit doing this. <laughs> and he's like, Maybe she, she senses something is gonna happen. I said, My grandmother is really pissed, <laughs> really <laughs> mad at me. Well, where is she? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> and he said, Oh, buck, buck, buck. And I went, No, you don't, you, you don't know. A Mexican grandmother, what they're like, okay? You get no, you know, they'll hit you with the with the with, with the chakas or whatever they got in their hand, you know. But I finally was able because of the work she did. I thought of, I sat down and thought about, it and I thought, well, you know what? Being the stuff you did with the herbs and all this, maybe I can apply that to what I'm doing. And so I, I, I actually explained it to her and, and had the psychic explain it to her and go, look, I'm doing what you did 
only a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm helping people who are stuck cross over. I'm, I'm trying to do a good thing here. So I yeah. had a problem after that. But, you know, <laughs> my first reaction was, oh, Lord, she's going to whack me with something from beyond. I'm going to get it. And I, I know, know exactly. And I know they saw her. One invest, My first investigation I ever went on, she showed up. Oh. Because there was a gentleman that, that was nasty. He, was, he wasn't a bad ghost, you know, with the, with the, with the client. Yeah. And, um, but he was aggressive enough. So my, my one of the psychics says, you know what? There's a woman here who's a little shorter than you are. And she keeps saying your name. And she's got a staff. And she's standing between you and him. And she's pounding the staff into the ground. I went, that's my grandmother. <laughs> so, yeah. Did she have a cane? She held a cane? Is that? Towards the end, she did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she was Mine making, did, too. Yeah. She was making a point with that staff, boy. You know, you're not coming. You're not coming next to my granddaughter. I'll get you, you know. So, yeah. So, guys, I know for the people that don't, that are, I mean, people have grandparents, I understand. But if you're not in a Latin family, or, you know what I mean? If, you, if, if you've never been, like, like involved in like a Mexican family or a Puerto Rican family or or Portuguese or Filipino or Filipino, you don't get it about grandparents or Japanese. You know, you don't get it about grandparents because boy, they they rule the roost. They do, they do. So, and yeah, and the weird thing is, Charlotte, I have to tell you this because I have a website, right? And I talk yeah. about like you know, I put little stories in there and stuff. Uh, I actually started it up back in 2011, but now, you know, I've reinvigorated it and stuck my two books in there and then the prelude to the third book. And uh, a lot of my relatives that are on Facebook, they wouldn't even dare hit like. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. What are you talking about? This is not this is not Catholic. <laughs> So it's it's like oh they're calling me and saying what what is that is that all uh, ghost stories you're talking about yeah uh, are you sure about that are you <laughs> are you sure you want to dabble in that oh gosh yeah I do that too you know um, it's like yeah the whole Catholic thing with all this too you know and my mother my mother was really staunch Catholic and um, she says well if you're gonna do this she says. I'm fine with it, but when we go to church or if we go to a church thing, don't wear anything that says California Hunts on there or anything <laughs> like that when we walk into the church because they're not going to like it. Right. And and that is true. And that's true. It's yeah. Very, true. very, very yeah. true. But one thing I found, and I can honestly say that um, when I needed to have equipment blessed after an investigation mm -hmm. and I've gone to the local church here, they haven't had a problem with it. They probably don't like it, but yeah. they'll bless it for me. Wow. You know, so, I mean, at least they're, they're, they're starting. You know what, what makes me laugh about this? And I'm not going to cut the Catholic Church down because the lightning bolt will hit me in the head. I know it. <laughs> but uh, when there's a situation where, there's, where you think there's a demonic thing going on, mm -hmm. they want it all documented. I mean, lobby, yeah. before they'll even consider it, it has to be documented. So who has to go out and document it? The paranormal groups have to go out and document this stuff. So, in a way, it's like, and on one hand, they're saying they, they don't like us doing the stuff, but yeah, we're the ones that ha are the first line of defense for these poor people. Yeah. You know, unless you get somebody like once you get going on it, you get a hold of somebody like John's office, you know, or 
or maybe Bishop Long or, or somebody like that to go out. But mm -hmm. essentially, you're the first line of defense. So you're the your group is the one that has to go out there and face this thing off and take all the meticulous notes while while it's throwing insults at you and attacking and stuff. So I mean, in a way, it's it's like I don't want to say they cut off their nose despite their face, but I mean, on one hand, they don't like us out dabbling in this stuff because the first thing they'll say is paranormal group went out and stirred this up. But really, mm. usually when we go, it's already been stirred up by somebody pokey doking around with whatever they're doing, but we're the ones yeah. that have to, you and I, because you go out and do this stuff too, you know, we're the ones that have to go out and put ourselves on the front lines and take all these meticulous notes so that we can present it to the Catholic Church so that they can go and get and, and, and get things the okay for you know for the from whoever they have to get the okays to take care of it. Yeah, to proceed. To yeah. Proceed. Yeah. It, it's odd because they don't want us dabbling in it. Mm-hmm. They don't want us doing all kinds of strange things, you know, recording, you know, the EVPs and things. On the other hand, when you tell them, look, you have to help this family, there's there's an infestation. Oh, well, we need to know exactly what's going on. We need yeah. you to detail it. So, OK, so you're sending us mixed messages. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're going to make us go in and do it. <laughs> and we're not even properly prepared. It should be you doing it. But here we go. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So it's stuff like that, that that's weird. So I think, you know, they're not going to admit it, but I think they're kind of more open-minded than they used to be with sending us, you know, with being involved. I, I think so. I think so. It's weird because where I am, the uh, church is literally just a mile away. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I do some volunteer work there. And uh, it, it's funny, once in a while, someone comes in and has a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I retired early. I said, well, now that you're retired, what are you doing with your time? And you know, I go, I'm, I'm trying to write books. And they said, oh, okay, what's it about? <laughs> it, it, sometimes it's received well. You yeah. know, I, I, I think that for the most part, people are receptive and open. You just don't want to talk demonic. You don't want to use the terms, you know, that have anything to do with unholy or things of that nature, because then they're, they're afraid you're dredging something up that needs right. to remain buried. Right. Absolutely, uh, but I haven't told our parish priest or anything like that. I, I <laughs> you'll know now. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> he'll be trying know. to bless me. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I take the equipment in. Nobody says anything. You know, if I have to have them like go out to my car and bless my equipment before I bring it home, nobody says anything. But you know, that's what they're thinking. You know, when yeah. they go out there to bless the equipment, or if I yeah. take much, if I take like sixteen crosses in, you know, like for necklace crosses. Mm -hmm. blessed. You, you know they're wondering why the heck I uh, I want to have so many crosses blessed. And usually I'm very honest. I'll, you know, I'll be I'll be honest about it. And I'll say, look, I know you don't like it, but I do have a paranormal team. I, I want to make sure everybody's protected. So so they don't mind. You know, to the to the attitude I've gotten is, is they're kind of happy with that. You know, the fact that I want to make sure my people are protected. Yeah. But on the other hand, they're not. <laughs> it's a, it's a two inch sword <laughs> with the whole thing. You know. And I guess where I'm going, it's going to be very warm, you know, if, 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 if the doctrine's like it is. So, but then again, look at all, all my friends that are ghost hunters that are, that are going to be going there too. You know what I mean? We're all going, yeah. to, be, we're all going to be in a nice warm place when we die. Oh, gosh. <laughs> not, not literally, I hope. <laughs> not, I hope not. <laughs> I've got a real, real quick before we get really rolling on this, I got a story about that too. I had pneumonia. We did a um, we did a conference up in Murphy's, <laughs> and I went up with pneumonia. Oh no! And uh, I was dozing off, and my and Karen Clark, 
uh, who does our seances, <laughs> was up there, and uh, she was doing, you know, readings for people. And I was half asleep, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm filming, too, at the same time, so the camera's kind of going, you know. And I, I hear just enough. You know, I've got one, I've got one ear kind of open, and I'm listening, and I hear her go, I see a lot of flames around your brother. <laughs> oh. And I wake up, and I'm, on, I'm across from her, and I'm like, don't say that, you know. <laughs> don't say the dude's in hell. Don't, you know, don't, don't even go there. And about, about a half a minute later, she goes, he was a firefighter, wasn't he? <laughs> so here I am, I'm waving my arms around, right? Don't say oh my don't go gosh. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> that was good, huh? I don't know. I probably have a heart attack trying to Oh my gosh. Trying to get her attention. And I was like in the back, I was in the back of the room, right? And she was like, you know, out at the table, like like about like 30 feet away at the table. <laughs> But I was like, my whole head went, ping, no, 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 you know, no, don't do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> too bad that I was filming. Those are the kind of things you want to put a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> things that go on when you're half asleep. You got you to be careful. If you're half asleep and you hear somebody say something, make sure you verify. Figure out what they're saying before you start waving your arms around in a state of panic. So how did it go? It went fine. Oh, it went fine. It was a hit. Yeah. Good. <laughs> she's really she's 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 very good, and uh, you know I can't deny how good she is. You know, so that was just me. You know, I, I was half asleep, and all I heard was he's 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 he's, in, he's, he's surrounded by flame. <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, you're getting a ring where the guy's in hell. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. So you got this. Cool. You have a new book coming out, right? Well, I have a book that came out um, right before Halloween. Uh, okay. And then I have another one coming out. Uh, it probably late spring, I would say, sometime in May. So that. The one that came out last October is actually in a novel form. It's nonfiction. Uh, and it's, um, well, it's a long story. So I don't know which one you want to hear first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be one of those nights, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> at least I got all my buttons pushed at the beginning of the show. But usually I can always tell it's going to be one of those nights when I, when I miss a button. <laughs> when I'm doing stuff in here. <laughs> um, well, which one do you want to talk about? What do you feel more comfortable talking about? Up to you. You're the uh, well, the, the one that is coming out, incidentally, I know you're reading excerpts of it. And and that one is halfway done. Oh. Uh, but there are some stories there that are already, you know, written and revised, et cetera, et cetera. But the one that's already published, yeah, I could, I could talk about that because okay. that one was a, a very interesting a uh, situation where the woman literally I met during okay. the dinner. Um, it, it, one of those things where, you know, I harvest my stories from people that I meet during sure. my travels and it, it, anywhere, actually. Um, but for the most part, I never really expected to meet this woman. Uh, and, and the circumstances were interesting because it was actually a birthday party of sorts. Uh, and they closed the entire restaurant to accommodate everybody that was there. 
She happens to be sitting next to me. And at the time when I met her, she was already in her, I would say, late 80s at this point. So it was a, a few years ago. And um, she started asking me what I did, et cetera. At the time, I was working uh, as a school counselor. And so we were talking about that. But at length, you, you know how things go, Charlotte. It turns to ghosts. <laughs> I don't know why it turns that way, but, but it does. And so then she started to kind of like assume this pallor. She kind of like stopped. And I was thinking she was thinking in her head about something, mulling over whether she should share it with me or shouldn't she share it with me. I mean, bear in mind, this is a huge party. People are supposed to be mixing about, but we were in the middle of a sit-down dinner that was probably the size of like a, a wedding reception, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it was in this huge Chinese restaurant where they had like this table in the middle where they were shifting food around. So it was in the midst of that kind of an atmosphere where this woman just kind of like just gives me this dead pause. That's the only way I could describe it. It was almost like, so have you ever seen a ghost? And that was the only question I asked her. That was it. And, you know, I, I had recounted the herd experiences I had, yada, yada, yada. And then when it was her turn, that was the question. Have you ever seen a ghost? And she literally paled. And she was a diminutive woman. She was probably about maybe, I shouldn't say was, she's still alive today. She's 5'2". Mm -hmm. So shorter than me, if that's possible. And she was sitting next to me. And she was thinking, and I said, you don't have to share it with me. She said, it's just that it's still after all these years, fresh in my memory. And that's when she began what turned out to be this book that I have in my, whoops. Oh, it's the it I actually have that. Let's see if I, see if I can pull it up. Let's see. Let's see if I can do this. I'm messing it up. I believe it's this one. Let's find out. There you go. Yeah. So this woman, the story begins with her when she was only a small child. And when she was living in Germany with her mom, her dad, she was an only child in this very simple stone cottage in a small village that probably at the time only had about 200 people. And they got caught in the midst of all the things that were unraveling during the time when Hitler came into power. So this is a story about a German family who got caught in an upheaval with all the stuff that the, ter the Third Reich uh, was, was doing. And when, when you think about the Holocaust, you think more about, you know, the Roma, you know, the gypsies, right. the Jewish people who were pretty much decimated. You think about all these other things that are happening, but you don't normally think about how the German citizens are affected. 
until one of them doesn't quite fit what Hitler considers an Aryan race. Mm -hmm. And so this family gets caught in that because they happen to be very kind people. They were very simple, hardworking people. The father was a tailor. The mother was an embroiderer. So they were not people of means. They were, you know, your average Joe and, and, and Jane who were living a very simple lifestyle with the middle of, um, in the middle of farms with neighbors who were also close to them. You know, when they celebrated parties and things of that nature, they did everything as a community. So needless to say, Charlotte, this ended up being a very long story. So I kept in touch with her mm -hmm. and eventually went to her house. Uh, I was very fortunate in the fact that she was only about maybe 45, 15 minutes, 50 minutes away from me. Uh, and it became a very, for me, a very immersive experience. And I won't give away any spoilers by any means, but it is a ghost story. And, you know, whoever reads it, they, they will see what happens to people when they die a tragic death, especially a violent one in the prime of their lives or when they're still children, as in the case of this one. Um, I think what happened to her really had quite an effect for the rest of her life mm -hmm. uh, because as she was recounting this to me, not so much when I first met her because, you know, like I mentioned before, she was really reluctant to open up because I, I just met her. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much I was a stranger. The, the only thing she knew was I was a friend of the family, of the family who was having a birthday. Um, other than that, it was almost like we're just exchanging ghost stories. But this was not just your simple ghost story. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the evening, I really just had to say to her, you know, I, I'd love to have your number. I'd like to talk more. I think you have a very unique story here uh, for the purposes of people who write novels or, you know, nonfiction accounts it kind of crosses the boundary of not just history, but also of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. So it's unique in that way. And what woods were this? Where does it, where, where is it set? It's set in Germany. Okay. So if you look at a map of Frankfurt, okay. Um, I think it was about Southwest of Frankfurt, outside of Frankfurt. Um, this family really didn't have much to begin with. And so the father would take his tailoring and try and sell it to mm -hmm. Frankfurt where everything seemed to be. And they would schedule periodic trips there. Um, by the time the story is done, they had crossed over uh, to a different area. And I won't be explicit in that sense. <sighs> but... Um, it was very painful for both her and her father. Let's put it that way. Well, when you think about the history, we'll talk the history of Germany anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's an area in Germany where there hasn't 
and I don't want to say I'm not and I'm not just talking about World War II. I'm talking about even World War One going back, you know, because I know mm-hmm. my grandfather fought in World War One in the Argonne Forest. He was fighting the Germans even then. That there probably is a lot of energy injuries, yes. especially yes. in outlying areas and stuff, you know, because they're there's all that emotion from from the soldiers over the years and everything that went on but even you know even during medieval times with the knights and with, with the knights and the surface and all that i mean there, there's a lot of fighting going on with other countries and stuff and like i said old countries have ghosts you know you know this to be true and i know this to be true coming from a very old country myself um you know th- this was a situation where there were just a lot of massacres and a lot of murders and a lot of things happening uh practically from house to house because they were ransacking people trying to see if they were hiding someone right 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 um and and you know something that used to be so idyllic you know and, and a life that was just so simply wonderful with you know plentiful food and sunshine and the company of family being near you and friends, suddenly all that is torn apart. Right. You know, right. In, in a space of like a week. And what what I found about her is that I think when people go through something like this, they become very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they also become intuitive. And, and you mentioned earlier how when you're doing an investigation, a lot of the things that you had in you that was dormant, would would come out and i remember one time when i saw her i came up to visit i came up to visit probably a total about four or five times to complete um segments of her story she was actually telling me about some things that she wasn't aware she was capable of doing Mm -hmm. like sometimes she felt that she could she could sense uh, people before they were actually going to come and knock on the door. Uh, that when you sat next to her, she she could tell the next question. It was almost like she could read minds. Mm-hmm. And she said that during the time when she was traveling through the forest, because she had to escape, mm-hmm. this was a girl who by age 12 was a Nazi youth leader. Um, just to give you a little bit of background about her own family. During the time when Hitler came to power and the Third Reich was trying to institute the program, what they call the Aryan race, they wanted all the children indoctrinated. They wanted the children to be involved in something called the Nazi youth, they were, it was like a little army. They were given propaganda. They had teachers. Some of the teachers are as young as age 14, which is what Krista was in this particular situation. Her parents were not in favor of the entire the SS, the Third Reich, and the entire philosophy behind it. They never thought it would become so bad that they would become embroiled in it and they would be torn apart. They were very quiet about their political views. Krista was told, don't ever speak or talk anything against Hitler 
or anything that they ask you to do, just go with the flow. Uh, there's a compulsory age that by the time you're 12, you're supposed to be in the Nazi Youth Corps. So she wasn't in agreement, but because they had to go along with what they wanted, she got enlisted, she wore a uniform, and because she was so good at teaching these younger kids about the entire philosophy of Adolf Hitler, she was actually held in high esteem. The teachers were very proud of her. She was a quick study. And they would play as children would. Mm-hmm. And she would just tell them funny stories that had nothing to do with the propaganda books that she was given. So to have that, I mean, to be that high esteem and then to have it all taken away was very traumatizing. Yeah, because what happened was one day they were discovered. Uh, They had a child and her mother treated the child in the house who suddenly just popped in one day. The child at the time was still in a stroller, just to give you an idea how young the kid was. I think the kid was probably about two, three years old, sitting in a stroller. The child happened to be developmentally challenged. So there is something in the Nazi program called T4. And T4 was one of the programs of annihilation, annihilating anybody who had any kind of disability whether it be a physical disability or a mental disability, which is what this child had. So they hid her for years. And that's when life started to unravel for them when they were finally discovered. Yeah, that's because they were going for, you know, the, the, the perfect race is what they were going for, essentially. Yes, yes. And the interesting part about this, it wasn't evident to them how bad things were until they entered the woods. And that's when you got to see everything playing back like a tape. All the energy from the people who were murdered and massacred and tortured played itself out. And it was almost like you were walking into a movie theater where you almost, I hate to make the analogy, but the way she explained it to me, it was almost like there was no corner of the wood that was really, when you, when you think of the woods, when you think of the forest, you usually think of serenity. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out there to take a hike. You go out there to go camping. You know, you sit by the, as they say, you sit by the bubbling brook Mm -hmm. or you go fish in the river in this case all that serenity was gone and that's what this book centers on incredible and then yeah like like you say with her sensitivities being heightened at that point and then then the other one that had the disability which heightens their sensitivity. So, I mean, all that stuff, you know, they were like beacons going through the woods with all this stuff coming at them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. 
So it's really a book of survival. Um, and, and unlike the other books, it, it talks about the other side of the veil and how that manifests in this case. Uh, I won't get any deeper into it, Charlotte, because I'd be giving it away. Absolutely. But um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. No problem. I was leaning over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah. No, I understand that completely because you, you, you want people to look at this book. I think it'd be a fascinating book to read. And, and you know, it, it's a double. It's kind of like a, it, it's a historical book. It's a historical artifact. It's a testament to how things got really dire and difficult, just like any other historical book of the Holocaust. But it looks at a facet of this that was never discovered or maybe considered before. And, and that's what makes it unique because it crosses over into the paranormal. And I think that a lot of times, it, even when I was sitting with her, it was very hard for me with the openness that I had to believe what she was telling me. And as you delve deeper into the book, as you progress, you realize that what she went through was just simply incredible. But it, like I said, it makes, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's just like with any investigation, sometimes it takes certain people to be in a certain area to stir stuff up. And, and, yeah. and if, if she was right for it, if the little, if the, if the child, if the baby was right for it, and maybe even her mother, because it runs in families, you know. So maybe mm -hmm. they were all right for it. Walking into the woods, like, you know, going through the woods like they did with all the history in those woods, they're going to stir it up. The interesting thing about it, when you say right for it, she was 14 years old. Oh, she yeah. just celebrated her birthday yeah. at 14. She was living with a woman who was very high up in the uh, Gestapo uh, because they were really training her. Well, they were really brainwashing her in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were very proud of her as the next, you know, main teacher mm -hmm. among many teachers that they were honing. Uh, and, and the sad part about this is what gave them away are children as well. Uh, I think that the way Krista treated the whole thing was she was going to navigate her way through however painful it was going to be for the sake of her family so that they would survive. Mm -hmm. And in doing so she had to look for a way not to be detected because she defected. And by defecting, she had to hide in the woods, sleep in the woods, forage for food in the woods. And when she stepped in there, the only thing she had was a basket of bread. Wow. She had no water. She really only had you know, the, the dress boots that she had gotten from the Gestapo woman. She had maybe one change of clothing. She had a light coat because it was springtime. Thank goodness that it started in the spring and ended towards the fall. Um, I don't know what would have happened to the girl if it had been wintertime. Well, yeah, winters are horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But so you've got the physical stress of it. 
the stress and fear of being detected, which would have led to something else. Right. And then you had at this point Russians coming in because the Russians were, you know, slowly making their way down. And she was German and she was wearing a Youth Corps uniform. Oh boy. And then on top of that, Charlotte, is when she started encountering these things that, you know, you, you can't shoot them with a bullet because they're already dead. Right. That's a great book. That's going to be on our reading list, too, you guys, for our Sunday reading. We got some, in fact, you guys, we have some of Anna's books coming up, or, or excerpts from Anna's books coming up after we get done with the Ghost of Flight 401. It's part of our reading. Wow. What a story. How long did it take for you to get the, the whole story from her? I actually started it about two years ago when I met her. I, I wanted to keep in touch with her right after that party. Uh -huh. So probably give or take a week or two, I was at her house, you know, starting to really form some ideas about how I was going to angle the book. And I decided I would begin with the loudspeakers that were in the village when she first heard Hitler's voice in the loudspeakers, issuing orders to the townspeople. And I think it was probably a period of about maybe three to four months before I finally had kind of like a through line to the story. And then I started filling it in with phone calls to her to just verify places and things. Now, I did change some of the places, mm -hmm. uh, but the village where she started is where she actually was living. Mm -hmm. Um and where her father was at the army installation, that's actually the actual army installation. So they separated the entire family, wow. which left her by herself. Now, here's a question. But you, you mentioned. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead first. No, I, I was going to say. Uh, Jumping into what you were going to read. I don't remember what I sent you anymore. <laughs> well, then you're going to have to be surprised too, huh? No, I'm kidding. Um, what, <laughs> what I was going to say, now I don't remember. Thank you. No, you, you, you've traveled around the world. Because I, I love your I pictures that you post on Facebook. Did you have the opportunity to visit the area that she told you about at all? You know, it, it was very disappointing because when I was about to do that, I had already booked a place. Um, my husband and I are fascinated with France, and we'd been in France for about three or four times at this point. But I wanted to go back to be able to, to write part of the book there and then perhaps take a train across over to Frankfurt. Uh, and uh, Charlotte, I never did this before, but I was actually going to walk through the woods where she was, um, which is, I, I don't even know, it, the woods do exist. So if you actually go on Google Earth in your spare time, the woods are still there. There is a large swath of nothing but forest. So for the most part, with all the encroachment of development, the woods where she walked through are still there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's amazing to me because it's over a hundred miles. Wow. And even at that, well, I'm not going to give it away, but even at some point when she had to turn around, that was probably at least another hundred miles. And, you know, of course, there's trains that are coming through. But what's the sense of taking them if you think you're going to be caught? Well, that's the thing. And some of those trains weren't at that time. Some of those trains weren't the kind of trains you wanted to get on anyway. Right. Exactly. And and, and there were cattle cars, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were ones. (laughs) There were ones you weren't supposed to get on. Because they were chained and bolted. Yeah. Um, and, and there were some real frightening things that she heard coming from those trains. Because she had encountered a few of them. Um, they were heavily guarded. But they, once they were moving, they were moving at a pretty fast clip. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anyone jumping off of them. They didn't want anybody trying to open, pry open any of the cattle cars. So that's how bad it was. But yes, I, I really, getting back to your previous question, since I know I'm tangential here, uh, I, I tried to visit and then the pandemic came. Uh, so that kind of plan got squelched and the trip got squelched. Uh, and then I retired and then I was thinking of rebooking again. And then it went on and on in the airports right. and the pilot. Well, you know, you lived it. Right, right. 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 Yeah. Thinking, so, you know, as you were talking about, you know, here she was seeing stuff already in the trains that were headed to the camps and that stuff. A lot of people died on those trains. Yeah. And I, I, I haven't had a chance to fully read the book yet, but I mean, coming in contact with them couldn't couldn't be a pleasant experience either. No, no. And and, you know, as a survivor. I think with any Holocaust survivor it's very hard for them, let alone talk about something that was out of this world, mm-hmm. having encountered that. Right. So I really, you know, I, I talked to her mm-hmm. after the book was published uh, and came to see her and thanked her for having the courage to be able to actually sit down it was a clean cleansing experience for her, I think. And it made me a different person. I can understand that. Just like, you know, you think about that. She survived it. And you think about the people that didn't survive. But then it, it, it's like it's, it's like any disaster, really, you know, like, like I'm not going to say, God forbid, the Titanic. But, you know, you look at the person, you, you look at yourself and you think, what made me different? How, how did I survive? And then this person didn't survive. What makes me so special for surviving? Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely some guilt. Yeah. There's definitely a sense of loss that can't be brought back. Mm -hmm. There's kind of like this lingering sense of how would my life had been different if I had been able to save them. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely there. But to um, to also answer your question about the traveling, the next book is more 
not so much traveling, just small drives here and there, because this happened much earlier in the game when I was just dabbling in. And I think the last time I was on your show, I was telling you I was dabbling in antiques. Yes. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. So this next book is has to do with people who actually sold antiques engaged in authenticating them and had third-party vendors who came to their shop and brought antiques and left them behind. And mm -hmm. the things that happen in the night or when they're alone in the shop with these so-called objects. Watch out. I do remember. Do you remember <laughs> the book uh, or the, uh, the TV show Friday the 13th? Yes. They used Was to it? have thing curious goods on there, like an antique shop. They do a segment every once in a while. And it was called Curious Goods, and that's what it was. <laughs> the owners would, would had all these antiques that, that had attachments. <laughs> and people were coming and buy them and bad things would happen. And they were, people were forever buying this stuff and returning it. And the owners well, yeah, were going on, but he was making, you know, making the bucks. But that's what this reminds me of is this, this antique shop thing you're talking about. You know, this is all going. Antique. There's one. <laughs> There's one that creeps me out. And it, it's not in the book. But it, it's, uh, I remember it's an antique shop where I walked in and I remember distinctly the story that was told to me because I felt exactly the same way. I walked in and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a huge shop. It's got different areas for different things. And of course, you know, as usual, they're a little bit dusty, mm -hmm. but aside from that, there was like a heaviness to the place. Now, Charlotte, I don't know if you've ever felt that anywhere, kind of like a, you walk in and you feel like, um, there's, you know, like when you're learning to swim and the water comes up to your chin. Yeah. That kind of a feeling is the feeling I had this one place that I walked into. And I thought to myself, oh, maybe because I haven't had lunch. Right. You know, I was looking for different explanations. And I passed the counter where there were two people there. Mm-hmm. And they looked really ancient to me. And they almost felt like I was in the twilight zone. <laughs> Nothing derogatory, but it was, they didn't greet me. They didn't make eye contact. They were just simply standing there. Just standing there. Wow. I greeted them and I didn't get a response. And then I made my way through the shop because I was looking for porcelain, which is the first thing I look for is tea sets and things of that nature. So here I am, I'm looking around. Of course, there's all this huge furniture. I come upon the one room that's probably got a sense of heaviness. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I kid you not. One side of the room, and there were no windows there, there was like a, a mist 
that was towards the ceiling. You okay. tell me what that is, but I, I, I didn't stay very location. long. <laughs> very busy location. That's what that is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Antique stores. I mean, I've been in antique stores here because the Flasherville here, you know, there's a lot of antique stores up there. I can't stand them. You can't stand them. I can't. I can't stand. Well, once I go in there, I can't. I can't stay in because I just feel so overwhelmed by the energy coming off the stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because there are some stores they know how to set it up, but mm -hmm. then there are some that are just like there's a mood, and somehow it's always dark. Yeah. There's yeah. one that look like their department store. It's beautiful. They got the lighted chandeliers. They got everything in a display case. It's all nice and airy. And then somehow you come upon a certain area and no light is allowed in. There's windows, but somehow it's still dark for some reason. Right. Right. Athena, so, we're live. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> she said she swears she's seen this, but yeah, no, 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 we're live. We're live. Who's asking if we're live? Athena. Oh, we're live. okay. We're live. We're live. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> I do remember the story I sent you. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's you... right. <laughs> uh, you know. I can hardly wait to get to them. I mean, the Ghost of Fly 401, I think it's going to be one, one and a half more sessions, and then we're done, and I can get your stuff. Wow. So forward to it. I believe the one I sent you was a gentleman who was trying to get rid of an object that was gifted to him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, uh. this is a little different in the sense that he did not, there's four stories, I should say five, including mine. It starts with mine. Um, but it goes on to four stories from four different states in New England with mm -hmm. four different art dealers that I personally befriended uh, and kept in touch with. And the one of them that stood in my mind is the one that I sent to you. Because in this particular case, it came into his life basically because it was given to him. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing was so difficult to work through. Mm -hmm. And when you start, you probably read it before you read it out loud. And you'll start to understand what I mean by how it just sticks to you. <laughs> it just sticks. In the case of this man, it became an obsession. Trying to get rid of it became a full-time job. I can understand that, though. You know, if yeah. you have an object like that, oh my gosh, yeah, you don't want to stick around at all. That's the problem. <laughs> There's always stories about Okay, I'll hide it over here in the closet. And then all of a sudden, you get up the next morning, 
and it's sitting on the counter again, right, right where you can see it or something, you know, and it's just like, I can't put this thing away. I can't do anything with it because it's going to follow me around. So that's the main yeah. thing is you want to get rid of that sucker. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the uh, Annabelle doll where yes. it's sitting on a chair and then suddenly it's sitting on the girl's bed. I don't know if this was the original movie or whether this was a remake or I might even be confusing it with Chuck. Remember Chucky? <laughs> oh, like that. No, Annabelle would move around too. Yeah. I remember Chucky. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't take Chucky seriously. I, I mean, that's a little. <laughs> oh my so, gosh! So yeah. So th this is this is more like Annabelle. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of cases like that, you know. And 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 yeah, these people want definitely want to get rid of that stuff. I mean. Come on. I mean, for me, collecting antiquities like I did, I learned a very valuable lesson. I was very lucky for the first couple of years, and then, you know, boom, I, I got I got haunted pennies. How did I know, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You never know until you get it home, unless right away you, you can feel, like you say, go, go in and you, and you feel, you know, you feel that, that feeling when you get near the object or whatever. But well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. If you have time. <laughs> I have time. I'm not going anywhere. So so this one happened to me about a year ago. And being the way I am, despite the fact that I don't know what I'm holding in my hand, someone was gracious enough to help. So this is what happened. There's a local antique store near where I live. And um, I crossed the bridge got into the antique store and there were three women in there and, and no, they weren't stoic or anything like they all greeted me. They're all very friendly. It's like your, your friendly neighborhood antique store. This particular one was set up so that it was all third party vendors. And for anybody who's listening, what that means, it's, it's almost like all the antiques were on consignment. Mm -hmm. So every single corner or every single area, was actually antiques that belonged to someone else, not the one who's running the store. And the goal is, is that when someone shows interest in a piece, the one who has the antique will be contacted. You know, sometimes people will bargain with price. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the person who has it in their possession in the store gets a cut, gets a percentage because they're, providing space for the antique to be shown. So in this case, I was looking for a gift. <laughs> Speaking of gifts, <laughs> I have a friend who's also interested in antiques. So I thought, okay, you know, you're having a party. You might want some little serving dishes. So off I went and I honed in on this particular store because I knew they had a lot of porcelain. Mm -hmm. And I walked towards an area that had like a, it had a bookcase, it had a display case, and then it had all these different tea things and serving trays and silver stuff and gold forks and spoons, things of that nature. So finally, I saw something that caught my eye. It happened to be made in 1901. 
And the last piece of that was, I think, made 1921. So it would tell you that at least the piece was as old as 1921. Mm-hmm. But to make a long story short, which I know is impossible for me, um, <laughs> okay. Okay. I walked over to the three ladies, and one was actually the one who was better versed in mm-hmm. the antique that I was interested in. So we walk over together. She takes a look at the area. She looks at the piece and she said, I rarely ever say this, but it seems like you're really interested in this piece. I said, yes, I am. I said, I think this would make a lovely gift. And she said, just be aware that everybody who's walked up to this, uh, some pieces have fallen and we've broken some of the porcelain, some of the china. Hmm. I said, oh, so I, I backed away. I said, is is it flimsy? I, what I meant was the display case. Yeah. I, is it flimsy? I don't want to touch it. I, I think that's why I called one of you so someone can pick it up and take. No, hon, she said to me. It's because of what's in the display case. When it doesn't like the buyer, something falls of it, falls out of the case. Wow. I had to process that because honestly, Charlotte, I've been through so many antique stores. No one has ever been that honest with me to tell me nothing fell. Nothing fell. So she said, why don't you walk up to it and I'll hand you one of them. It was a serving tray that had six other little small things on it. Mm-hmm. And she picked up one. She had to turn it over and show me that it was, you know, signed and all that kind of stuff. And she put it back. And we stood there for a little bit. And I said, nothing is falling. And she said, yes, it's safe with you so you could buy it. <laughs> Whoa. And I did. I did. So it. Uh, it stayed in the house for probably about a week. Nothing happened. I, I put it down, you know, somewhere in the dining room. And then finally I, I wrapped it up. I didn't say anything. And they still have it to this day. Nothing has happened. Wow. <laughs> At least you were honest about it. Most, you know, most dealers will want to, will, will want to get the thing off their hands and not care. You know, just yes. to move it in stock. Yes. That's incredible that, that, you know, that she was so honest about it. Well, maybe she had a, an affinity for it, too. We don't know. You know, she could have, it, it could have been connected to her and her connected to it or whatever, you know, and, and it could have been something like that. But that, that that's yeah, it's interesting. That's yeah, it yeah. is incredible yeah. because a lot of times when people encounter something like that, either the buyer detects there's something wrong with it mm-hmm. and walks away, which is in one of my stories. Or they're somehow drawn to it, and they don't know why. And they can't explain the feeling that they have for it. But whatever it is, it's, it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes either an obsession to get rid of it, or a lot of things just fall apart in the house. 
right? Or things start, things, other th yeah, you can see a lot of things fall apart. Thing, unexplainable things start happening in the house. You know, when they get the stuff. There's see, one story. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I love your stories. Just go, no, go, go. <laughs> no, guys, no I was going to say. Over the years I've been doing, all these years I've been doing paranormal investigations, I had the haunted collector's phone number on speed dial for these reasons for, for clients when I come in contact with them. Because I every oh once in a while, I'll get an object where I have to call him and say, hey, if I send this to you, will you accept it? You know, do, do you want this thing for free museum? And he takes it. He'll take it, yeah. How does he keep it safe? And then sometimes the people will 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 will, 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 will end up wanting to keep it, you know. Where I'll I'll make arrangements with him to, to send it off, and then he'll say, "No, we'd rather keep it." I think he puts everything under heavy glass, hmm. real real thick glass and stuff. You know, he blesses it and puts it under heavy glass so that it can't hurt anybody. And he locks the glass, like Annabelle. Yeah, like Annabelle. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have him on speed dial for those moments. <laughs> but there honestly, was one well honestly i've yet to send him anything because usually the people decide you know how people are about about haunted stuff now you know and ghosts and stuff usually mm -hmm. they're like well, i don't think it's doing that bad of stuff i'd rather keep it because it's a piece i could talk about yes okay. you know that's your choice but yeah, but I have had to make, you know, two or three phone calls to him, you know, and say, look, I've got this object, you know, is it okay if we send it up to you because I can't, you know, do anything with it. And I'm not going to take a chance and dispose it and have it come after me. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's all agreeable for it. So, I mean, yeah, but uh, it's nice to have him on speed dial <laughs> for this stuff. The thing that creeps me out is whatever is attached to it can do yeah. all kinds of things. Like oh, yeah, there's a, yeah. I, what's that? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just went off because I actually lean over to see the messages people are saying. So when I lean over like that, that's what I'm doing. Oh, are there questions? Uh, there's just commenting on, on, on stuff you're saying. Like the last one was, that's really creepy. It yeah. is creepy, you know? Well, it's creepy when you get this thing delivered. It sits by your doorstep. And as soon as you close the door, your dog goes crazy. Goes totally crazy. Barking away. And then the next thing you know, you turn around, you leave the room. An hour later, you hear ripping. Ripping, like something is tearing something apart. Huh. You come back to the room and this box is being torn by something. Wow. Being opened by something that is not definable. You cannot make heads or tails. It is larger than the dog, and it is ripping right through it. So a lot of people think, oh, yeah, sure, this will be lovely and whatever. But there is energy in there. I'm going to get on my soapbox now. There's energy in these objects. And if you don't sense them from the get-go, you end up taking home whatever is in there. Just saying. 
And one of my stories is this poor woman who flies out to Poland. She's looking at all these beautiful uh, urns. Beautiful porcelain, you know, King Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty old. She falls in love with it, gets it wrapped, gets it delivered to her doorstep in Massachusetts, and the fun begins. <laughs> and I'll leave everybody hanging. <laughs> yeah, you have to read all this stuff. But, yeah, I can understand perfectly. I understand all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, people don't realize it, man. You got to watch it when you buy that stuff. Go shopping with a psychic. Get a friend that's a psychic. Go shopping with them. But yeah, I mean, seriously, you have to be careful when you buy antiques. I know I did an investigation in, in, in Vallejo one time um, of a woman who was having trouble sleeping at night. And um, th- there's actually a funny story attached to this in that um, she she was on um, she, she had that sleep thing where they got to wear the mask. And uh, Something was taking the mask off at night. And she swore up and down it was a ghost. This is what happens. You see this stuff on TV, okay? You know, you, you see the ghost, ghost hunters go out there. Who the hell, who the heck ever is going out? And it's always something horrible and all this. So we put a camera on her because we wanted to see what, what was going on with this lady. Oh, no. And so, and then one of my investigators went and sat with her on the floor, you know, to see what was happening in the room. So I sat there for eight hours, you know, watching her sleep. And as it turned out, she's got this cat. She had a cat? And the cat would jump up on her chest at night when she was really really in a deep sleep and swat at the mask. <laughs> and that's what was taking the mask off. That was her ghost that was taking the mask off. And she was really disappointed when we told her. You know, we're sorry, but we got it on video. This is why your mask is coming off. You know, because the mask is making noises, right? So the cat right away is like, woo, that's for me, you know. And then, you know, and the cat will jump up on her and take the mask off. But the story connected to what we're talking about is that she was having these horrible dreams. Hmm. There were objects moving around her house. All this stuff was going on. And when we, when we first got there, the sensitive that we had working that day honed in on, on, her, on her clothes uh, closet. She had an antique clothes closet. Mm. over in the corner of her room. Mm. And when the gal walked over there, she said, oh my God, there's blood all over this closet. And apparently, according to her and the research we did, this thing came from like the 1800s. And this guy had killed his kids. Oh, And he chopped them up and put them inside the drawers and everything in this closet. And we brought her the research, you know. You know, it's hard to tell somebody, I'm sorry, but uh, there were bodies in your closet, you know. And you, you bring this up. She got rid of it right away. She got rid she of the closet. Another, yeah, she's never had another problem. My but gosh. He I'm like, you know how some of those older, those older, I don't know what you want, like dressing closets or whatever they are, how they have like the drawers underneath and they'll have a couple drawers here, you know, on, on the yeah. side. And then you hang yeah. Them. He, he had stuffed the body parts into those drawers. To hide that, to hide what he done, and then turn, you know, what is it, 80, 80, 90 years later, she bought this thing at, at an antique store, and and it came to her house, and of course it had been refinished because you couldn't see the stains or nothing, and then it was wreaking havoc in her house, footsteps, you name it, voices, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. 
Is this in California? Yeah, this was in California. Jeez. It's one of the first cases we did. It was, a, it was, a, it was pretty cool. That's the same cat that had, that's the same lady that had the cat that, that swatted off her mask. And she was disappointed about the mask. <laughs> yeah. Some people like their ghosts, man. <laughs> I got a treat for you. Okay. So I, uh, I have this uh, page on Facebook. And I decided I would decorate it. Well, not decorated, but I uploaded a picture, which is an actual shot of an armoire. My uh, my page is called the Sinister Archives. Okay. And you'll see an icon on the left-hand side. It, they're supposed to be, well, I mean, they won't show me what it actually looks like, which is really frustrating. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not tech savvy. But there's like a... A huge picture that's of the sky at twilight. But then on the left-hand side where the icon is, is a picture of an armoire. Armoire, I should say. Armoire. Say that's it in French. Armoire. 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 That's the word I was looking for. So when you look at the mirror... <laughs> Tell me what you see. Okay, I can do that. I can do <laughs> Anyone can see it. Clothes dresser thingy. It was armoire. <laughs> and this armoire was purchased at the time, brand new, when the house was built. The armoire sits in a room of a house that was built in 1859. Yikes. So the armoire is probably, I don't know, about the same age as the house, I would say. And it's made out of like this really heavy, dark wood, like a mahogany. And, uh, you, you know, it's like one of those things that just last forever. Yeah. And um, one day this lady was, uh, you know, trying to get something out of the armoire. <laughs> walked into a room which happened to be like a, a an extra room it's not used and uh promptly saw something in the mirror caused her to run out of the room flying Whoa. ran down the stairs and almost broke her head open in the process wow now if you look at i wish you could I'm trying to think of where I have the, 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 well, it's in the other book. This is actually an armoire that I included in my first book, which is called Portal. It's in the spine of the book. If you, if you download Kindle, it's not really very clear. But if you actually get the paperback version, yeah. some people have emailed me and told me I saw what was in that mirror because the armoire picture was big enough that you could see it. Um, and, and that is not touched or retouched or whatever people do these days. That is an actual photograph of the actual armoire. The mirror is the original mirror. And whatever you see there is what you see there. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go check this out today. I mean, yeah. you know, I have so to see. <laughs> here's another clue. There's a window in this picture. That is on one side of the room. 
if you look at the, the window, the window is an original. The window was placed there at the same time the house was built in 1859. And on the ledge of the window, there is something that sits there. And upon closer inspection, you will realize what it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. What impresses me. Yeah. What impresses me is that it registers on film. And I never had anything like that. I've only got two pictures that where the anomaly or whatever that is uh -huh. registers on film. This is one of them. Another one is uh, they're actually it, it's a haunted gymnasium. And you could see orbs. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. And it's not the camera because it was my camera I was using. It was a Nikon. I forget what kind now. One of those things that have all the fancy letters in the back. And I like I cleaned that lens. <laughs> so it's it's not dust. Definitely not dust. <laughs> the higher tech you go, the more dials you're gonna get, okay? Yes. 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 I'm gonna check these photos out. Oh my <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. That's really awesome. My God, another hour's gone by. You believe that? Yes, I believe it. Every time we get on, you know, every time we do this, we just start front going and going and going. <laughs> like the energizer bunny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> oh my gosh. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you well, so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. For round two. <laughs> Sucker. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, and like, you... you are so interested. Your stories are so great. And I have more coming. That's fun. See, we're gonna put that means we're gonna put you back on again. <laughs> and thank you so much for reading. <laughs> By the way, they're all true. You know, so the Sunday started out as a novelty because it was Christmas. You know, I thought, okay, we'll read Dickens' Christmas Carol. You know, we'll read, you know, I thought, who the hell's going to listen to me read? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, sit down on a Sunday night and watch me go, you know, into a book. But people, people, no, I want you guys to come. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. It's cool. But um, people do come to watch me read. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, you know? And I love it. The more paranormal themed stories I can get, the better. And the yeah. you offering up your stories, I'm more than happy to have those stories. I'm really thrilled to have them, and I really appreciate it. That's great. That's great. You know, if I can scare the hell out of somebody in the meantime, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Just how I am. <laughs> well, I tell you, it, it's interesting when you're listening to it because it brings you back to you know the times when people used to read to people campfire stories i love that because you're thinking in your head what's happening and yeah. and i think that's part of the the thrill of it 
is that you're anticipating kind of like a radio show. Well, yeah, it's a radio show. Like old time radio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought about doing one of those too, just for fun with the show, just to play around and get some of my team members in here and just go yeah. up, you know, on the screen and do the sound yeah. effects and do everything like an old time radio show. Yeah. We kind of wanted to do one, one, one time too, you know? That would be great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really fun. Take anyway, different parts. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get you on again at some point. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Anna. Thank you so much. Have a good much. night. You have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. That was fun. She's always fun to have on, and uh, it was a blast tonight. I can honestly say that. Thank you, Anna Maria. Uh, California Haunts is a nonprofit organization, and if you see that little ticker going along the bottom, you will know that... Uh, this is my this this is my moment to beg and plead, um, because it's a nonprofit organization. All this comes out of my pocket to finance the internet and uh, mics and all all the goodies, the computers and all that and all that stuff. And if you could help me out a little bit with keeping the show on the air, that would be great. That's PayPal.me at California Haunts, or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, that would be Venmo. Uh, facts uh, forward, I guess it's at California Haunts, or just go to Venmo and type in California Haunts. Any any little bit you could contribute would be great. You know, like I said, I you know I want to keep the guests coming. I'm enjoying doing this. We're we're booking for uh, March right now to bring in more good shows to you guys, and and February schedule, which I'm not going to show you guys because it's a secret. But um, we we have some really good people lined up for February as well. But um, if you could help me out a little bit, uh, you know, with some of the expenses here, that would be great. This this all I do is, is the radio show. I work hard at it. So that would be, again, PayPal.me at California Haunts and Venmo and then California Haunts. Uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. And also, I really would love, I would really appreciate you subscribing to our YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to be making some changes on there. So when you type in the title of the, show, of, of the, of the radio show, you'll be able to find us better. But... Uh, uh, the easiest way to do that on Google is to Google California California Haunts on YouTube, and it, and it will pop up. It should pop up for you. And if you can't do it that way, then go to our website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and the video on the front will take you to that YouTube channel, as will our archives. Those will also take you to, if you're going to, to look at all our archives, which go back for the last year and a half, that'll take you to that YouTube channel as well. But while you're watching the YouTube videos, if, if you haven't already, so please subscribe. There's a little ghost down at the bottom. That's that's the team mascot, and he has a Sherlock he or she has a Sherlock Holmes hat on, along with a big magnifying glass. And uh, you click on that, and that will make you a subscriber to our YouTube page. So I would really appreciate that. Tomorrow we have a couple of returning guests, um, Doug and Jane Anderson. Doug was on a couple months ago talking about the haunted USS North Carolina, and. Uh, he has a lot of other really cool investigations that they've been on, and so they're both going to be with us to talk about those investigations. So uh, they'll be here tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. Pacific. I want to thank everybody for coming, and I'm going to share I want to share Anna's information so you can get her books, and uh, you know know which books to get, and then uh, down and you know and, and purchase her books or visit her website. Even she's got a real she's got a really cool website. And if you play this back, you might get to go visit that other page she's got because that's where I'm headed after this. I want to see this haunted armoire. But uh, again, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight, and I really appreciate you, you guys like Jerry and 
Athena and Marisa and, you know, uh, and uh, Jennifer, all the people that follow us consistently, because I, that, that's what it's about, is to, is to have an audience that comes in consistently. And for everybody that's new that has been joining us the past couple weeks uh, or month or whatever, however, um, I really appreciate you doing that as well, because that's what we want. You know, we want to get a good following going here. I think we've got a really good product, a really good show. And so uh, we, we, we want to keep that flowing. So uh, the more the more you could spread the word about us, the, the better it is. OK, anyway, thank you, guys. And I'm going to go ahead and put her information out there. Hopefully I'll push the right button this time. Here we go. And there we go. Oh, maybe I didn't. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let's see if I got the right one. Huh. Okay. One of these, one of these things is not like the other. Okay. Hang on. Okay. Anyway, I don't know what's going on here. I don't think I grabbed them. Let's see what happens. Just bear with me for a second. Don't disappear. This is not what I wanted. Okay. Let me try the other one. We should have had our website pop up, but it didn't. So somewhere along the line. Okay. I must have grabbed the wrong one. Anyway, go ahead and Google her name, and she will pop right on up with her books. Just you know, and, and and you'll see her website. I feel bad for not being able to do that. For some reason, I do not have that graphic. So, well, everything went well until then. <laughs> That's just how it is here. Okay, I will see you guys tomorrow, and I really appreciate you coming. Have a good evening, and again, see ya.